Hi, this is Vince Van Patten. You're listening to TV Confidential. Greg Airbar is with us for another look at recently released DVD and streaming titles that we think you'll find of interest. Greg, of course, is a two-time Grammy-nominated and multiple Addy Award-winning writer for television, animation, advertising, and publishing for Disney, Warner Brothers, and Universal. He is also co-author, along with Tim Hollis, of Mouse Tracks, the story of Walt Disney Records. You can enjoy Greg's animation spin column twice a month at Cartoon Research. Dot com. What do you have for us? Johnny Quest, brought to you by... Uh, <laughs> stopping, because that's the way it is on the new Blu-ray of, from Warner Archive, which is really, really cool. Johnny Quest has always been really cool. Now, but when you and hear it, it's really cooler. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, was Mike Rode one of the voices on Johnny Quest? He was the voice of Race Bannon. Okay. Also, All right. his, his real name is Roger Bannon, but it's Race is his nickname. Mike Rode was one of many uh, contract players at Warner Brothers during the um, uh, high-peak production era of Warner Brothers television in the mid-50s, early 1960s. He, he had a recurring role on the Roaring Twenties. Uh, in the early 1960s, and as was the case with contract players at the time, they would cast him from one show to another. And so uh, if he wasn't starring in Roaring Twenties, he would be guest starring on 77 Sunset Strip or or Maverick or whatever else was was in production. He had a show in the late 50s, and I, I think this was before he signed with Warners, called Buckskin. And the reason why I know this is because in one of the episodes of Maverick that uh, he wrote and directed, Montgomery Pittman cast Mike Rode as a character named Buckskin. So there, hmm. there was a little in joke in that show, but uh, but he did he did that, uh, and then in the in the tail end of Maverick's original run, uh, Mike. Road played a dandy Jim Buckley-like character named Pearly Gates. Huh. Yeah, but I was not aware that uh, I was not aware that Johnny Quest was a Warner Brothers show. Well, it might as well have. If it was live action, it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> it would make a great live action show. Um, it was. It was really uh, innovative for its day and extremely expensive. It's one of the reasons that it didn't uh, stay on. Very long. All of the Hanna Barbera primetime shows were expensive, much more than live action. In fact, our friend Steve Beverly proved that on Facebook. He shared a clipping with the budgets of shows, and the average price of a Flintstone half hour was more than uh, a live action of another half hour. And Johnny Quest was even more pricey because they had to spend more time doing that line work that Doug Wapke created. It looked like a comic book, and it was very much like a pulp novel, a kid's adventure, very much like the 40s radio shows, Jack Armstrong and I Love a Mystery and those kind of shows that my dad actually loved listening to. And uh, Mike wrote, by the way, my favorite role that he played was Tony Millionaire on I Dream of Oh, look, that's right. That was him. And how do you beat Superman? Yeah, and, and that was funny because Jeannie wanted to make Major Nelson jealous, and she said, I have a date, and he said, oh, really? Well, what's his name? Tony. And Tony what? Um, 
Tony Millionaire. And it, was, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh yeah, right. And then the doorbell rings. Hi, I'm Tony Millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> he also was the face of Fireman's Fund for many years. Oh, okay, sure. yeah, yeah, okay, I remember that. I remember that. So, so he was Ray Bannon for for that show, and then in the eighties, they uh, I don't know if he was well enough or whatever, uh, but he was replaced by Granville Van Dusen, who did quite a good job, and he was another journeyman actor on a lot of our crime dramas and mysteries, and he was on those kind of shows. He was on Quinn Martin kind of shows too, and uh, then after Granville Van Dusen. It was, uh, in fact, to this day, if they do a Johnny Quest, it's an actor named uh, Michael D. Hanks, who uh, is one of those Voice of God kind of announcers who narrates the Star Wars read-alongs now also for Disney. Uh, you mentioned Granville Van Dusen as we take a look at the uh, Johnny Quest and the Blu-ray release of uh, the original Johnny Quest, which is now available through Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You mentioned, uh, we'll get back to Mike Rose in the original in just a second, but as long as you mentioned Granville Van Dusen, I saw him in a play at the Gary Marshall Theater a few years ago uh, opposite Michael Learned. I can't remember the name of the play, although I've, for some reason I think Southern Comfort is the play, but uh, it was a sort of a two-person Romantic comedy about people of a certain age who fall in love. And he was quite good in it. Michael Van Dusen was very much a presence on 70s and 80s television. Yeah. You know, he, he was quite often on Murder, She Wrote and that kind of thing. And in a lot of commercials, he was he was a, a very common presence on television. And he's still around yeah. doing things. Yeah. Uh, I did not know he was doing Race's voice, but he does a very good job in the A's. And we'll talk about that one, but we'll start with the 60s. And... Mike Road was also the, he said, brought to you by, um, and P.F. Flyers was one of their sponsors, and there is a commercial for P.F. Flyers ha animated by Hanna-Barbera on the set, and there are, um, there, there are all the episodes included. There's not tons of them, but it was a primetime show, so there's more than 17. There's about 20, 23, 24, and... They have John Stevenson as Dr. Quest in some, and then Don Messick. I don't know the reason why Don Messick took over. My guess is that Don Messick could also be the voice of Bandit, and that way they saved a little money. And they certainly compensated John Stevenson by giving him roles in practically every Scooby-Doo and every Josie and the Pussycats, has played every villain. He did a lot for them. But uh, he, he only played it, and he played Dr. Quest on record album as well. John Stevenson, the voice of Mr. Slate on the Flintstones, yes. correct? and he also was Mr. Slate on the Flintstones. And then, of course, Tim Matheson as Johnny. Yeah. 
which uh, he, to, to this day, uh, he, he was on the uh, podcast of Gilbert Gottfried, and he talked uh, lovingly of playing that role and going to the studio and working with all these great actors, because there was a lot of great character actors on Johnny Quest as well, some of which did, didn't do a lot of cartoons. For example, there was, um, uh, let me see, Kathy Lewis. Kathy Lewis was on Hazel. She played Hazel's annoying sister-in-law. And she was a she was a radio veteran. She was on My Friend Irma. Uh -huh. She Irma's uh, more level-headed girlfriend Jane, her roommate, and she was an excellent, excellent drama and comedy actress. And she had a very, very good diction, very crisp way of speaking. And she played the original Jade, who was this very exotic mysterious sort of Matahari kind of character who had this thing with, with race, this sort of, what's the deal with her and race? They obviously had a thing. And she appears in a few episodes, but she was sort of, she was sort of on both sides of the law in a way. And that was a very adult kind of character for, for the, for those days. But this was a primetime series. It was a little more sophisticated. Johnny Quest got a little bit of flack for being, somewhat violent. There was gunplay. Uh, it was edited, I believe, later. It was also, it became a, a stickler for, there were people ha who were questioning some of the stereotypes, which there were because of the date it was made, 64. So the villains were generally sometimes uh, uh, stereotypical of various lands. There, But there were also some some really cool character actors behind the scenes. Henry Corden is another one uh, that Hen a lot of voices. Henry Corden, the second actor to play uh, Fred, play Fred Flintstone. Flintstone. Yeah. And I have a theory about that, too. I think Henry Corden did such fine work on Johnny Quest that I think that he, he came to the attention, perhaps, of Hannah and Barbara, perhaps Barbara, because he, he did a lot of the voice direction, that, that may have helped him get the Fred voice. He was already singing for Alan Reed in some things. And doing some of the records as Fred. But Johnny Quest gave him quite a bit of work. So people like Sam Edwards and various people not necessarily always doing the more funny cartoons were on this. And the stories were exciting. And they had a, a James Bond feel to them. There was Dr. Zinn, who was the ongoing villain, who was always creating trouble. And it was... For a, for a kid, especially then, nothing on TV like this. Because before this, the best we could do was Clutch Cargo, which was a very limited animation series with live-action mouths in the faces. And there just wasn't. It was, this was pretty lavish stuff. It, it doesn't seem that way to what we're used to for modern animation because a lot of stuff is done overseas. There's a lot of CG. This is stuff that was done domestically, and at a great cost, all hand-drawn, and when you look at it on the Blu-ray and you see the color variances and the art direction and the perspectives, backgrounds, you can say all you want about the, the limited animation, but if you take a look at the, the artistry, the layouts, that kind of stuff, it's pretty cool. And, of course, the music by Horde Curtain is some of the most admired background music of the studio. There is a soundtrack CD of Johnny Quest that La La Land put out, 
and it's very very impressive when you hear this music without the music without the dialogue and sound effects it has a a very hot jazz feel to some of it the theme song itself if you stop for a moment and think okay this is not a cartoon piece this is a very complicated uh, orchestral piece that he challenged the musicians with could they play this that fast could they hit those notes that fast it's a difficult challenging piece of music so they were aiming real high with johnny quest and it kind of does show especially in the blu-ray the original uh, Johnny Quest animated series from the 1960s is available on Blu-ray through Warner Brothers. The soundtrack of the original Johnny Quest uh, series is available on CD through La La Land Records. If memory serves, our mutual colleague and friend John Burlingame does the liner notes for that uh, La La Land release. Yes, and our friend Carol White was involved, and uh, master Disney animator Nick Ranieri was involved. A lot of a uh, lot of people worked long and hard for years to get that onto CD. Uh, just tracking down all of the pieces of music to make it happen. We were very passionate and lovingly uh, bringing those things to it because it's it's great music. And when you like, I say, if you played it for someone and didn't say what it was, they say, "Where'd this come from?" Is it Man Henry Mancini? Is it from some, <laughs> you know, this is, no, it's Johnny Quest. Oh, really? You know, so sometimes it's a cartoon gets, doesn't get, gets short shrift. Well, but, quote, quote, unquote, it's a cartoon, but for what you're telling me, it, it, okay, it was a quote, unquote, Saturday morning cartoon, but it sounds like there was a lot of prime time sensibility in putting together this quote, unquote, Saturday morning cartoon. Well, it actually was a prime time. It was made for prime time. Okay, I stand corrected. <laughs> and it ended up on Saturday morning, probably with edits here and there, because there was lots of explosions. Lots. As a matter of fact, I got to know a Hanna-Barbera artist by the name of Ron Diaz, and he did a lot of background. He did color styling, worked on films as well as television. For a lot, his name's in a lot of credits, and one of the series he loved working on the most was Johnny Quest because he would do the explosions and the puffs of smoke and the fireworks, and he said it was so much fun to create those things, and Johnny Quest was loaded with it, and that stuff is pricey because that stuff has to move at a um, at a frame rate that requires more more cells, more more things to move. You can't if you'll if you watch. A limited animation cartoon, a lot of times the action takes place off screen. If somebody if somebody bumps into something or something crashes, watch carefully. It usually happens off screen and you hear it and then they cut to it and the, the little car is broken already or Yogi's already, you know, his little helicopter's already crashed. Uh, it's kind of like the Adams family. They look out the window and say, Uncle Fester, watch out with the final. <laughs> Because it's it's less expensive to do it that way than 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 to stage that on on camera. You mentioned the you mentioned the explos the the explosion and the big, you know, uh, animated uh, puffs of, of 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 smoke. As soon as you said that, Greg, I could picture that in my head. Uh, it's these thick uh, thick clouds of smoke. That the best way for me to describe it off the top of my head is that those thick clouds of smoke coming from the explosion reminds me of the thing 
from the from, yeah. from the Fantastic Four because it's that kind of brick layered thick smoke. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's if you if you stop the frame, you could just see just how much detail they put into the color and yeah. the way they 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 choose different colors even for the lines just to give it that much more dimension because they know they're, they're they might be limited in certain ways but they might say okay let's use a different paint for the lines just to give a little bit more pop things like that. that's how they get around various cost savings and things like that that's what was so cool about those cartoons gosh just one with a, a eyeball that, that's like a spider that that's a um like a visitor from space kind of thing. That's mm -hmm. real cool. Mm -hmm. There's another one. Sometimes the characters die on the show, not the leads, but there's a mad scientist who had, who has a, a pterodactyl that he commands. It's called Turu the terrible. I don't want to give away the ending, but you know, he meets a doom. There's, there's mortality on the show. It was made for kids and adults and they had to tone it down a little bit um, afterwards. And we'll talk about all the various iterations here because Johnny Quest is one of the Hanna-Barbera stars and there are constant efforts to bring him back. The original Johnny Quest is available on Blu-ray through our friends at Warner Archives. We will talk about some of the other iterations of Johnny Quest that are available on home video in a few weeks on TV Confidential. In the meantime, Greg will be back at the top of the hour as we play part two of our conversation with voice actor Michael Bell. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, take a quick time out, then we'll pay tribute to Dorothy Fontana next on TV Confidential. Attention sports fans. Now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow if you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All-American Dish right now. 800-296-1251 800-296-1251 That's 800-296-1251 Hi, this is Rhonda Shear, and you're staying up all night or day with TV Confidential. Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life, but it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. Their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide, including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415 415- 886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. 
Front Porch Realty Group. They'll find the solution that works best for you. Uber is the mobile app that connects you with a driver for immediate transportation. Request a ride at the tap of a button and you have a driver curbside in minutes. You can choose to be driven in a black car, SUV, or you can choose UberX, the low-cost Uber for a ride in a hybrid or mid-range car. Payment is seamless and cashless. Build to your card on file with no need to tip. Enter the promo code TV Confidential after you download the app to receive a free first ride up to $20. For more information, go to get.uber.com forward slash go forward slash TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.